Welcome everybody to episode 60 of the Podpunk Podcast where I am joined by Eddie and Jorge Casillas from the Scarpunk Legends, the Voodoo Glow Skulls, Eddie and Jorge took some time out from before the gig at uh, Manchester's Retro Bar last month to chat up to me about all the things Voodoo Glow Skulls from the early days forming the band, influences, decades of touring, pro wrestling, which I I loved a bit the the addition of a brand new vocalist uh, Ephraim and how that's uh, shaping the band further plans for the band and tons tons more the Voodoo Glow Skulls are absolute legends no one will disagree with me on that one and for them to give me some of the time to chat that was a complete honor so thank you both so much for giving me that time um as always before we get to the chat let's listen to a quick track from the uh, Voodoo Glow Skulls it's the brilliant classic Shoot the Moon so Enjoy that song, enjoy the chat with Eddie and Jorge, and I'll uh, catch up with you after. Oh, 
Roman. So I'm joined by Voodoo Glow Skulls members, and for the listening audience, what's your name? I'm Eddie Casillas. I'm the guitar player, and I'm George Casillas, the bass player. So you guys are like part of the founding members as well. So yeah. so yes. you've been in this from since 1989. Uh, actually. It actually, in reality, late '87 is when we kind of started, but not really called ourselves anything until about '88. It, yeah, in, in February of '88, we like came up with it, got the name, and actually became the band, I guess. But we were already jamming for a while. But 1988 is when we came up with the name and started the band officially. Um, so, how did you come up with the name? Voodoo Glow Skulls is uh, a necklace that used to be able to buy at the. Uh, Adventureland at Disneyland. All right. Right when you walked off of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, there's yeah. those little gift shops that they spill you into. Yeah. And they used to have uh, these little, like, kind of porcelain, little white, little, like, glow in the dark, little necklace skulls skulls that, that were glow in the dark. And they were, like, in kind of like a Hot Wheels package. Yeah. And it said, like, creepy, spooky, you know, all this stuff scary. all over it. Like, you know, scary. And then it said Voodoo Glow Skull. Yeah. That was the name of the, of, of the product. And our friend came home from from a date like that, you know, with this chick at Disneyland one day, we were practicing. We were in our backyard smoking weed and cigarettes, I'm sure, in my, my parents' backyard. And he just like, why don't you guys call yourself Voodoo Glow Skull? And he showed us the thing. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, and we were like, let's just add the S. Yeah. And thought it was pretty cool, thought it was like a little bit vague. You know, you can't tell if it's metal or punk or ska or whatever. You know? Yeah. So we thought it was pretty cool. You know, like a name that really we can't pinpoint what the style music is. Yeah, especially at the time, you know, all the bands from our genre had such short names. Yeah. We wanted to come up with something, like you said, that when you read it, you couldn't tell what it was. Iron Maiden. You know. Yeah. So, so yeah, we just wanted a cool name like that, you know what I mean? Like you said, like Iron Maiden or something like that. So when our friend said it, you know, we kept coming up with all these silly names. Everyone was laughing. And we had, like, I think we were, co- we had, I had, we had, like, the, the plastics. Yeah. I think that we were going to. It was just like we were tossing around weird. Yeah, names. all these names, and then our friend just kind of said it. Why don't you call your band fucking Voodoo Glow Skulls? And he had and the thing, and he just got. We all just kind of looked at each other like, "That's good. That's good, actually." Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, ironically enough, uh, Disneyland never came after us for it, <laughs> but it ended up coming up. They, the the company that owned it ended up giving up the rights to it. Like right. the like the like the uh, trademark fan, yeah. is available for Voodoo Glow Skulls. So we just took it, so nice. we bought it, and we, we we bought the trademark. We thought for sure it was going to be because it was made by this company called uh, Randotti. It was just like a like a toy company, a, fa- a family right. that had the contract with Disney for years yeah. for like little oh. toys like that, right? Yeah, and the, w- it wasn't it was available, man. We just took the name. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, I mean we had it the S. But I woke yeah. up one morning and on my social media something popped up about it. Right, and I read the story because it was saying how the family that created the Voodoo Glow Skull was giving, you know, was no longer interested and was giving up the rights to it, basically letting it go. So I got on the phone and called him and said, "Hey, perfect opportunity. Let's actually buy it now." So yeah. we ended up doing it and got lucky. So in a sense, Voodoo Glow Skulls owns a little piece of Disney history. You know? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's quite cool, man. Yeah. I did. I never knew that. Like I. I been a fan of you guys for so long. Ninety-five, I think, was the first time I heard uh, you guys. Probably shoot the moon. It's probably like the first song of your guys I actually heard. Um, but like you said, like Voodoo Glow Skulls as a, as a as a um, as a band name, you can't really pinpoint what kind of band it is. But that also sort of like fits with the music because it's all over the place, really. Like it's yep. it's everything. That's pretty much the idea, right there in a nutshell, man. That's all of it, right there. Yeah, we grew up listening to like you know a handful of different of styles of music. And yeah. we just kind of mixed them all together. So it shows. <laughs> it kind of shows the music. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like 
metal, obviously, and, and ska and punk, mostly, you know, those three are the, the main genres we mix together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way we grew up, you know. We listened to, to Maiden and Priest were like our first love, you know. Like before mm-hmm. that, it was oldies, obviously, what our parents were listening to. Yeah, yeah. And then More got, traditional Spanish and music. The, all the, all the two tones. I mean, to be fair, since, all we the have, British, since we happen to be in the UK, a lot of British influence because yeah. we were into the new wave of British heavy metal. We were in the two-tone mm-hmm. big time and ska and even like like punk and new wave from out here too yep. all that stuff and then just american punk rock and american metal and rock too so sure you mix all that up and then you get the american bands like fishbone and red hot chili peppers especially like the early days of those bands yeah, yeah. those bands were coming up like in hollywood and we were like our, like the form of like the age where we were starting our band and we just always Those thought like we could up. we could do that, but probably a little heavier, a little yeah. faster, maybe. Like you know, we wanted to just be like those bands in a way, like Fishbone and the Chili Peppers, but also add some Bad Religion and No Effects and Descendants. And, and we also love you know we also love Slayer and all those thrash bands that maybe, were coming up, yeah, Anthrax, you know. Yeah. So we just kind of mixed all that together, man. To be honest with you, and that's what you get. It's kind of cool, you know. Like the first few times coming out here and getting reviews in Kerrang, I thought it was kind of cool because it seemed like Kerrang kind of being such a big magazine yeah yeah it seems like they instantly understood what we were trying to do because they called us the slayer and slipped on a ska <laughs> and then they they went even further and called us metallic ska nice which is actually a genre now you yeah know what i mean uh, but yeah we were you know i guess we were the the the, the pioneers of that i guess uh, you know yeah probably yeah. I, don't, I don't think i've heard a band like yours before definitely i've, I've obviously heard Bands since they've taken on you know the influence from you guys. Um, for you, for you looking at young bands like that, does that does that resonate with you at all? Because I, I I had Bill Stevenson on this once, and he and I asked him about that, and he said that it doesn't really bother him because his the, his, the their fandom doesn't um meet doesn't change what he does and what his ethos is and stuff. So does that does does that things like that make you like? proud or you just kind of yeah, no, run with it i think it's awesome you know bands took took their influence of i guess from our band and, and kind of turned it into I mean, if somebody likes your music enough or listen to you enough and they're coming up enough to want to be like you at all yeah or at least take something from you a little bit i don't mean that in a bad way but like take part of the style and change it into their own thing sure it's awesome yeah i mean it's not a it's not a bad thing you know what i mean i mean if somebody I could see somebody was being a voodoo political band and we were trying to do our own thing. That'd be different. But no, man, it's cool. People could take it and run with it however they want. They have. There's so yeah. many bands. And I don't, it's not like we walk around going, oh, they're influenced by us because there's so many other sure. ska kind of punk bands that are around, like, you know, Op Ivy, Boss Tones, all these other bands too. But we got a little piece, you know, a little a little piece of influence on, on some people, I guess. We never thought that because we, sure. we're still very much in it. The way we see it, I see it. We're still very much in it, man. We're working it. We play these little places and then like big places. We're still working it. We're places. still working it very hard. You know what I mean? We're, yeah. We have the, you know, by no and means. In a sense, we're a new band again because of the big lineup changes the last six years. So we're kind of a band. In a way, we're a band that's been around for six years again. You yeah. Know, we've been yeah, around yeah. for 33, 34 years, but this version of the band has been really solid for about five, six years. So yeah. it's a trippy thing, man. We're almost like a new band again because they're vocalists too. So yeah, it's a weird thing to be, you know, to have influence like so many bands, I guess, or come up with a style and then kind of be a new, new at it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how did you find that from them? Because obviously he's in Death, from, Death by Stereo. Yeah, we just known him for a long time. He was actually part of the, the street team for the promotion on our female album, our first oh, Epitaph wow. record. Right. Yeah, he used to, he used to, well, they, they got signed 
to Epitaph right when we were like in the thick of our, our I mean, of our Epitaph team or whatever you call it. His band yep. got signed, and he was a part of a, a promotional team like George was saying that was part of a street team that would get hired to promote stuff. Yep. So he was around, and then and then uh, Death by Stereo is no slouch, of course. They've been around the block, and oh, yeah. he happened to just see what uh, our brother had left left the band and basically sent me an email. All right. Uh, I didn't talk to him too much or anything like that, uh, but he got my email because I talked to him before a little bit. And he just we were about to make a statement. We were about we we're coming up with a statement of what we were going to say to our fans and friends, mm-hmm. like we're going to retire, we're going to right take a big break because you know not not sure what to do. Yeah, sure. And he emailed us the same week that we were about to make a statement. I was going to make the whole Facebook Instagram statement thing, and he emailed asking if we were interested in him trying out or we were interested in, in uh, continuing that he would try out yeah so we thought, we thought about it for about a week and then we called him back yeah, we, had, we had commitments you know so we still had like a whole Canadian tour booked and a US tour and had some festival stuff yeah um, so at first it was just a all fill in so you guys could fulfill your commitment type thing and then by the end of it people were liking it so we were like let's just keep going like this man you yeah, know? his first show was a giant show his first show was like 10,000 people like the equivalent of like <laughs> slam, slam dunk or something like that yeah. so it was like that, that equivalent of something like that you sure. know, he played a big show in, uh, in Southern California uh, it's not dead fest and it was like in an amphitheater you know in front of 10, 20,000 kids uh, right before Rancid and Dropkick Murphys we were like <laughs> we played like right at 6pm you know right. prime time so his first show was like whole scene is spotlight on us because they're like what, what do you do but not only us but the whole scene spotlight on him yeah yeah on him and he pulled it off and that was the beginning of it yeah you know, that was the beginning of us being able to continue what we've always done mm-hmm. and yeah I think I, I say this like on my own as my own thing but lucky for us we kind of had the wrestling character kind of that we had started with our brother yeah 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 so you know it's hard for people to accept a new singer Sure, yeah, so, yeah. but coming into that first show, which was a huge festival, we knew all eyes were going to be on us. So, you know, Ephraim was, of course, nervous because here he is stepping on stage into another guy's shoes. Sure, who yeah. was really dominant and prominent in it, you know? Yeah, and someone that's been part of the lineage. So he, came out uh-huh. mask. I mean, he came out with like a makeshift. So, like, we just kind of played it like, like, look, we got a new luchador to front us. Uh-huh. That's why we continued the mask thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He actually because came out with almost like a Phantom of the Opera mask. That yeah, we didn't want people. It. it was a weird like, only a certain amount of people actually realized that our brother was gone. Right. Because only a certain amount of people saw his post. We hadn't done an announcement ourselves yet. So we were like, uh, we don't want people to judge you as soon as they see you walk on stage. Yeah. How we get around this. So we were like, you know what? Let's just continue the mask thing. They won't be able to tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until they hear the voice. And then once they hear the voice, they can judge for themselves. You so know? it started off a little bit, you know, bare bones. He had like a, a little skull mask. It looked sort of like a... Like like a phantom of the opera mask, mm-hmm. almost like a half mask, and then he, he started worked. doing the wrestling mask like our brother used to. And then he started do, doing 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 the same style as my bro. And then we eventually made him a custom made mask. Yeah, I, yeah. I just the custom made thing came into play because yeah, you know, I've been a wrestling fan my like my whole life basically, and uh, wearing the mes- Mexican wrestling mask especially, yeah, kid people are quick to come up to you and go, oh, that's Mid Mascaras or that's Blue yeah. Demon, yeah. yeah. Seco- isn't it psychosis? So, is so it, isn't there some psychosis in there? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I started kind of going, you know what? Why don't we get our own mask design? That way, people can't say that's so and so or so and so. Sure. Yeah. They could only say that's that's Ephraim here. Yeah. 
So yeah, this pro this pro luchador place making masks. So the, basically, the company out of Mexico City, uh, Mr. Mascara, he's the one that designs and makes all the pros masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He agreed to make our mask for us. We told him what we were doing. So he now makes the Voodoo Dolls clothes custom luchador masks. That's oh, which, sick. Unfortunately, the first one got stolen in Belgium at a festival. Oh, but about, about a week ago. But stolen. but no way. we've oh got goodness. we've got backups and we've got another one in design already that we yeah. were we already had in the works so no big deal no hiccup I would have liked to of course had that first one to maybe put in the punk rock museum or something you know but yeah hey someone felt like they wanted it more than us I guess somebody wanted a piece of our band more than we did I don't know, you know um, so scum um, but yeah, let's talk about wrestling then a little bit then so you guys are you guys just uh, is it mostly the lucha libre that you like or do you do do you do American pro wrestling? Oh yeah, of course. Well? W, well, you know, of course, started like WWF. Yeah, yeah. My my yeah. hero was WWF. Of course, there was always you know the Grand Chief, all the classics. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper. Hulk Hogan. That whole year when we were little kids, you know. When we were little kids, and then I kind of lost interest a little bit because we started the band. Okay. Then I got back into it around, you know, The Rock, Stone Cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Mick Foley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All his characters, you know. Yeah, they actually went to like a WrestleMania. You know, started going back to WrestleMania uh, and doing that whole thing. Bucket listing of mine. Almost got in a fight with John Cena before he was John Cena. Nice. Uh, he was How come? something 2000 and he was painted all silver. Oh, yeah. One of our band, our ex-band members rushed through a crowded crowd because he didn't know I was going to be there. Uh-huh. And saw me from across the room and as he came across, he like bumped somebody the wrong way. All right. So next thing you know, we're like, you know, hey, what's up? I didn't know you were going to be here. Next thing you know, we got John Cena in our face <laughs> wanting to fight us because he bumped one of his friends or something, you know? Jesus. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, not some of the cross. No, I, I still I still do it now. I, I'm going to... Um, well, he wasn't John Cena, to be fair. He wasn't no, he was John Cena. He was just some big painted silver to us. Yeah, you know, I think like, it was called the Prototype or something. Yeah, yeah, that Prototype 2000. Yeah. That's what it was. That was it. I'm going, to, I'm going to the All Elite Wrestling thing in London. So I'm nice. still... I'm still going. <laughs> still, that's cool, man. But, but yeah, now we're fans, and we even did like the lucha, the uh, lucha underground for a whole. Se- got to do it for a whole is, season. Is that your? Is that your? Oh, is that this, that's what the pendants from? Yeah, this is for the the season that we did. Yeah. So, so what did you do on lucha underground? Because I don't. We were, we were the house band. Were you? Yeah. 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 yeah if you look, we're like a, a few se- uh, a few of the episodes, like six episodes of season two. But wow. uh, Rusty, yeah, you can find them online. Rusty, oh, Pist- Rusty Pistachio, the guitar player of H2O. Yeah. 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 He happened to be the guy who made the special pieces for the everyone that participated that season. Okay, cool. And when we did a festival holiday in the sun, I think it was, uh, he said, hey, I got the perfect piece for you. Yeah. And he's like, I only have like one left. I think you, you know, it should be for you. <laughs> Since we did that whole sick. season, you know, and kind of missed the boat on the jewelry thing. Yeah, that's so sick I, though. I that's amazing. Yeah. So this tour that you've been on, so is this the first, how long has it been since you've been in the UK before this tour? I think it was 2018 maybe? I think it's been like five years I think. So, j- say, yeah. so just before the world kind of collapsed. Yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Like a, like a year or two before. Right. Because you, you released an album in 2018 as well, didn't you? No. Or was it a little later? No, we just released one in uh, 2021. 2021. Was it 2021? Was it 2020? No, it was 2021. It was 2021. Sorry. I think it's 2021 the album came out. Cool. But like, let's talk about the tour and then we'll go to the album. I'm shooting all over the place here. Um, how's this tour been for you guys? Because did you start at Rebellion and then you're doing dates or did you do a couple before? No, we started in Duffel in Belgium. Okay. Yeah, we did Brack Rock Festival the first night. Yep. And then 
the next day came and did Rebellion. Yeah, and the next day, we, so we started with, with two festivals. We basically came to, because we were on two festivals that were kind of bigger festivals, and then and then booked a week in the UK, mm-hmm. which is we're on now, or eight more shows in we the UK. We kind of just wanted to go come out and do, like, you know, pub shows as well, just to show people, hey, we're still a thing and still willing to come out. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah, I mean it, was all, it seemed like we're always in the process of re- rebuilding, rebuilding our name and our brand. Every time we come back, because we come back so few, few and far between. Sure. So we're lucky to have any tour and have some people c- come out. You know, we don't really, we never really come out and hype that much. You know, we're right. always, so it's always on our own, man. Pretty, pretty DIY style. You know. Yeah. But um, we always make it a point to come back. You know, every three to five years, two years if we can. You know, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been pretty fun. Small shows, man, but nothing that we're not used to. It's it, always it, a uh, good time. Like in certain countries, we'll play smaller shows or play some bigger shows. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think the smaller shows, though, uh, like for me as a fan, yeah. I much prefer this. Yeah. Like if you're playing in a venue that I've played in with my bands back in back in the day, yeah. and it's it's a very intimate venue, but it's brilliant. Like to have for fans like me to yeah. be like, because I think the last time I saw you guys, it was a bigger venue. I can't remember which one it was in around around here, but this I was when I found out you were playing here, I was proper excited. Awesome. It's nice. like get to get in there. And somebody is. <laughs> cool. So, talk about the album then. So, like, when you did the new album without your brother and with a brand new singer and new ideas and stuff, was that easy? Was it? Well, I mean, you know, we we kind of lost a little bit of a, of you know of a songwriter. You know what I mean? And okay. our brother, because he he was really prominent. He was like, like a fifteen percent like lyric writer. Lyric writer. I mean, yeah. I mean right. it. We just kind of changed the guard because George hadn't really written that much music the whole part, first part of the career. He did bass parts and stuff. There's like one or two songs. And like, a song or two he would do, but yeah. he, we never really wrote. And I didn't contribute. start writing, I didn't actually start writing songs for this band until probably about the Symbolic album. Okay. And then and then my brother, as soon as my brother left, we just got another brother to write, to yeah. write lyrics and write music. I mean, because yeah. it was mostly, it was primarily my brother Frank and I yeah. that would just write songs. I was writing most of the music some of the lyrics and Frank was writing a lot of the lyrics as soon as he left he just stepped in and did like five six songs off the new album yeah so there you go just naturally got it yeah, yeah so it's like so people get if you're into the band and you know the history at least what's cool about this situation I guess is like you really just swap one brother for the next as, as far as songwriting goes that's pretty much exactly what, what went down so yeah. now it's just another Casillas brother, another brother that started the band writing music that's been there the whole the whole time. Yeah. So you get a yeah. slightly different angle, sure. different headspace, but same music, you know. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've always, I've always, a bass player writing too. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I've always had the ideas and always had the ability, but it was kind of like an oldest brother, youngest brother thing. You, you know, I never really got listened to, so I yeah, just yeah. kind of would. And it was kind of like, like just it kinda, was kind of a, a like I mean like a natural thing like the first yeah. songs were written like in my bedroom like yeah like like we wrote thrift shop junkie and and like closet monster and all those first songs it was just mostly just me and Frank I wasn't that. really but a skilled kind of young yeah, yeah I wasn't yeah. really a schooled musician That's I learned right. how I learned how to play the bass in this band all right okay. so songwriting to me was just like eh, you know what I mean but then eventually once we started putting records out. You know, I'd have my ideas, but I just never brought them to the table because there was enough there. You know, yeah. to be honest with you. And then with this last album, like I said, half we wrote half the album at least. So there you go. Yeah. Did, did. 
did Efren get? Did Efren contribute, or was it like yeah. the thing of you guys going? Yeah, no, no, no. We uh, us three sat in there and wrote the lyrics together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Efren contributed about 40 percent of the of the lyrics. Um, we had a we had quite a bit of demos that were already that we we had we had a record pretty much ready to go. A close, not not well, not it was it was on the way. Yeah, with 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 our brother. So we had a bunch of recordings that were there. And actually, some of the recordings you would hear off the new album, you know, there's a there's some some there's a there's there's demos with him that we could actually probably use the tracks. But at know? that but at that point in our career, he had already stepped away from writing. It was mostly Eddie at that point for the newest record yeah. until until he was out of the picture. And then, then that's when I stepped up and wrote the other half of the record. And then and then Ephraim just kind of came in and filled in the blanks in the room with us. You know, we would just sit down and go, okay, let's just bounce ideas off each other. And Ephraim just happens to be real good at that because yeah. he does it with his band, yeah. ba- bands. So he... It was easy. Just kind of So gone. it was kind of like a natural progression. It was a lot easier than you... It was just as easy as with our brother, if not easier. He just kind of stepped in. He goes, I got this idea. And we're like, okay, that let's, sounds just like the just, band. What could we come up with that? You know, and just... Yeah. We just sat there and brainstormed all three of us. And, and it oh, just here, what's out. the next line? Oh, that. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Cool. That's the next line. It yeah. was like that. It was pretty natural. How much time have you got left on the uh, tour now? Four more shows. Uh, Manchester, right. Sheffield, High Wycombe, and London. Yeah. And then uh, that, 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 that's it. That's it. We've been out for almost, what, uh, this is the ninth day, ninth or tenth day? I think the ninth day. <laughs> um, four, more sh- four more shows, four more days, and then we fly home on Monday. And then that's it. We have a month off, and then we go to the Supernova Ska Festival in Virginia. Nice. Yeah. Cool, man. And then, and then, what's the plan potentially after that? Is there is there uh, demos flying around? Is there new music coming? Or we have a lot of demos. I, actually, we have quite a bit. Um, I almost have a whole of the record written. We almost have a whole of the record written as far as like the skeleton of it. Sure. Kind of the same place we were at when Ephraim joined the band last time. We we have thirteen or fourteen at least yeah. like good solid ideas but it doesn't mean that they're all going to be on the record or and that's going to even be be the record but we got songs we got songs to choose from now if we wanted to put something out but i think it's going to be like the last one where it's going to be like maybe we'll write 15 more 10 more and see if those are better and then so it's going to be a long a long like a pretty long process i don't think it's going to be like a they waited 10 years or anything but we're going to we're gonna take our time to make sure that the sophomore, the the, the follow up to Ephraim's first album, has to be at least as good. Sure. At, at least as good, if not better. And we can't judge it yet, but so far it's not there yet. We're like, may, it could be, but we have we don't have horns and vocals yet yet, so I can't even say that. Right. But so far it's just like, uh, I like half of them. I like, and then I'll go back and forth and not like them at all, and then I'll like them all. And so it's it's always that way. But the whole point is, yeah, we have a lot of stuff written, and we're constantly, we'll we'll fall back into the niche of writing once we finish this. It'll be like, here's five more, you know. Cool. So, so w- what what do Voodoo Glow Skulls do when Voodoo Glow Skulls isn't going on? Because one of the things I've learned doing this is that this doesn't tend to be the full time job of the band. No, it was. Doing it. it was. Is for that a the long case time. for you guys? For most so. of my life, I've been doing this since I was 15, and I'm about to turn 50. Right. Uh, I've been in this band. This has been my main thing for over more than half my life. Wow. And we managed to squeeze out an income pretty much the whole time. Wow. You know? Um, and, you know, I mean, 
it depends on on, on how you live too. You know what I mean? We I'm sure. I'm, I'm a pretty modest person. I mean, I have nice stuff, but I'm a pretty modest person. But I mean, I own a house and a studio, but that's mostly from being in Budogolskos. Yeah. You know, but you know, but, but yeah, I mean, we, we, thing. we, I have we house have our moments that. though. I mean, but still, we have. You have to have side hustles. It's a yeah. fact. I mean, we're a, we're still a small band, so we we do so have we always do. had side hustles. I have a studio. Yeah. Um, I've done everything. I mean, not too many. We, we I've worked. I've managed a uh, a pot dispensary for three years to to being an Uber and Lyft driver before. I've right. done that, which is fine if you're a band member. It's like you could make your own schedule and pick up people and drive them around. Yeah, yeah. It's not that bad. He has a he has a like a his a cleaning, own a cleaning business basically. Or yeah, I do uh, final cleans for real estate companies, uh-huh. and uh, so they need a, like a bunch of houses cleaned. It's mostly places. window cleaning. It's mainly window cleaning. Sure. But all this other stuff is branched out from it. Yeah. So I just kind of do that in between. It's really easy. I do my own scheduling. I only kind of work when I want to, to be honest with you. Um, nice but for the most part, it's the music career. Yeah. I mean that's 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 awesome that you guys have built careers and stuff from the basic basically from the band which a lot of yeah. bands can't really say yeah and then our merchandising you know our merchandising kind of keeps me busy and now now i've started making figures yeah we have a bunch which of i hand paint so stuff. that's kind of turned into i mean i could literally hire people and pay them 15 an hour to paint those things because yeah. they sell enough to do that you know what i mean wow. um, so yeah we're, we're we we dabble in some stuff you know what i mean but our our merch we finally the thing is our merch our, our little merch company we finally got off the ground we never had online merch or merch uh, store, and during the pandemic, so the last three years, we finally um, have a merch store it or like a us web store. Time to get organized. Yeah, <laughs> we have that that going on, which helps. And then, uh, like I said, we kind of do. We made we've made these side jobs or side hustles happen to be able to do the band. And yeah. The band will always, or I mean, we always try try to do when when it's available. Man, it comes up. You know, we've been pretty busy since the last record I mean we'll have months off a month or two off but and then that next month or two there'll be something big or yep. some extensive tour or some festivals or something you know um, Scott Scott in general though the band thing is really kicking off in America like the Bad Time Records guys for example like bands like Catfight and Kill Lincoln and um, The Younger Generation <coughs> yeah sure. it's really come back and like I'm me personally, when in the early two thousands, when I started listening to this, all this stuff like properly, like when I really got into the stuff, yeah, like having it come back now is quite a, it's quite. Well, it's kind of crazy because you got, you got both levels, like you said, you got all the young bands that kind of made the resurgence happen, like your Cat Bite and Kill Link and all those bands, the Bad Time Records bands, you know, yeah, yeah. and then you have your uh, huge commercially successful ones like the Interrupters. Yeah, sure. So, you know, we literally just got off of, like about two weeks ago. We were on tour with Less Than Jake in America, and it was bigger than all that stuff that we mentioned. It was about yeah. as big as, as it was probably as big as as, as as the interrupters are now, if not bigger. We had without without the huge without the commercial. hype, without yeah, without sure. the hype or without being on a new label. You know, us and Less Than Jake went uh, through the middle of America and had a 98 percent sold out tour and places the sizes of like the academies out here yeah. like you know a thousand to, to two thousand cap rooms so but, but it's great to have the resurgences and have all the younger bands be successful at it because that just trickles upwards sure. you know like to the older bands that have been doing it and or you at least hope it does yeah yeah but yeah no we totally definitely see it and we definitely appreciate it you know it's 
it keeps us, it, it allows us to have a longer career when when there's resurgences in the, in the style of music you know yeah and then, and then pe- people will seek out the influencers the people who were around doing it before people you, I mean people usually know that, that, that I mean that scratch the surface a little bit know that oh yeah these bands were influenced by this band and that band and yeah. the the bands we mentioned of the world already you know what I mean so exactly. um, and sometimes we're, we're one of those bands you know that influence people and sometimes we're just our own band but yeah there's a lot of a lot of great young ska punk bands out there right now you know a lot and so it's definitely little, become a thing and it's different a, it's little a genre, genre for that, sure now yeah, and, and before it was kind of a weird little niche thing it still is I guess but and now there's like little genres within that genre which is even cooler you know like so yeah um just we'll wind down a little bit because I know you guys have got to get ready and go to do your gig um just quick for you guys um what for you both has been probably your proudest achievement being part of this band there's a lot for me to answer just being able to do it all over the world to be honest with you you know that's probably the biggest one and being able to sell a good amount of records like when you can go pretty much anywhere in the world and someone says oh i heard your song on punk rama or i know feed man or i know who is this is or even the new album that's i mean we got to go to russia you know it's like in the little window Before, of time when there was eight, when you were able to go, go to we got to go. We were you know able I mean? to go to Russia. And, you know, who knows when people Moscow are going to St. Petersburg? You know, yeah. who knows so when who knows? Pe- who knows when people are going to get to go there again? You know what I mean? True, so yeah. we've done stuff like that. We've been to Japan a bunch of times. So that's pretty much that's where it's at for us. Is like, well, we got to do this, and we we're just like some backyard party band in Riverside, California. Right. You know, we get to. We started with no expectations, to be honest with you, and had no idea that it can actually turn into something. You know, like where. And then sometimes you get treated like get all over the worldwide world. ambassador, you know, and you're just like, oh, I'm just playing backyard party music, you know, and then, so that's cool, you yeah. know. Um, for you guys, like, if, say you um, meet someone, uh, you're at a bar or something, and they uh, find out that you're in a band, and you, they ask you, all right, what's the best thing for you guys? Like, what, what, what songs do you think best, as, best sort of uh, antithesis almost of Rudy Gold Schools? Which songs do you think? really are like you know the ones that the ones that you uh the ones that identify the band yeah sure that's a brilliant way of saying it that i just completely want to say it. Uh, <laughs> i would say like shoot the moon and insubordination right el, el, el those are the to me those are the definitive yeah songs like if you know the band you know charlie brown oh, the, yeah and, and dog pile dog pile but i mean yep. the main one dog dog pile is a good mix of ska punk and hardcore which is yeah, I mean, you got yeah. Shoot the Moon. I mean, those are the ones that people always know. Shoot the Moon, El Cucuy, yeah, uh, yeah. Fat Randy sometimes, yeah, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, Insubordination off of the first album, those are the key. Those are the ones that you could, like, are the defining band, I think. I know it's a couple songs, but. <laughs> there's, no, there's no wrong right or wrong answer on that. Um, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much um, for taking us, the time. We're stoked to be here, man. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time. Appreciate it. Thank we're, you so much. Looking forward to the gig tonight. Oh, it's yeah, going to be man. amazing. Voodoo, voodoo, voodoo. <laughs> so that was Eddie and Jorge from Voodoo Glow Skulls. A massive thank you to both Eddie and Jorge for coming on the podcast and, of course, to you for listening to the show. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcast, on Stitcher Podcast, on the Spotify Podcast app, of all podcast apps, whichever podcast app it is that you listen to this to. I've got myself into a word loop saying the word podcast. 
oh dear uh but yeah if you could do that that would be great if you could share the podcast with all your mates if this is something that you like please do um be great to get this to some new ears and uh, why not share the podcast just generally if you like it let people know if you want to be a true hero please subscribe to the podcast not only on the app podcast apps that we mentioned before but also follow us on social media at podpunk podcast on facebook and instagram thank you very much for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time bye